Friends, we're continuing our sermon series on generosity. Last week, we talked about how we should be generous with grace. And today, we'll look at the generosity we find in Matthew's gospel in the sixth chapter. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and this is Jesus speaking as he teaches. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit into this time of preaching and that we would hear only your words spoken to us, that our ears might be opened and our hearts and minds would be opened so that we could hear how you are calling us to change or to grow or to just be in the world. May we hear you this day. Amen. Many years ago, when my children were just babies, Brian and I would try at different times to get a sitter and go out on a date night. And I remember one time after we'd had our first child, I think it may have even been the first time we had left her with a sitter who wasn't family, we decided to have one of these date nights. And we got all dressed up, and we went to our favorite restaurant, and we sit down, and I decide that we need to have a conversation. And I'm just going to blame what I said during this conversation on the fact that I don't think I'd slept, I don't know, a night through in weeks, months, who knows. So we sit down, and Brian had recently, a few years before, started his business. And so I say, how's business going? And he tells me it's going well. And I say, well, you know, we've got this baby now. Like, how much money do we have in savings? Are we saving enough 
I wanted to know like how much we planned on putting in there. So we talk about that for a little while. And then I say, well, what about insurance? You know, what if something happens to one of us? Do we have enough life insurance? And Brian says, yes, Tara, we're, we're fine. We're fine. And then I say this, <laughs> I said, well, what if something happens to you and like you have a traumatic brain injury and you don't die, you just live. And we've got all these medical bills. What are we going to do? And I remember distinctly looking at him across the table and his shoulders slumped and the light went out of his eyes. And I knew he was thinking this date night is not going where I thought it was. <laughs> it took me having children to realize that there was never going to be enough money in the bank. And there was never going to be enough life insurance. And there was never going to be enough security for me to not worry about my children. It literally just wasn't possible. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he is preaching in the Sermon on the Mount in this passage. He is recognizing that as human beings, we are concerned with our security. The world can be a scary place. And Jesus recognizes that we tend to like to store up treasure thinking that that will make us secure. If we have a bigger bank account, if we have a bigger house, if we have a bigger job, if we have all of these things, then surely we'll be safe. We keep hoping that if we have enough stuff, that there isn't any condition that we can't meet. And we know that's not true, right? Money has, does not help us when we get the diagnosis we didn't want. Money does not help us when the people that we love dearly are suffering and we don't have any way to help. Jesus wants to remind his followers that there is only one thing that can meet any condition in our lives, and that is faith and trust in God. Jesus tells his followers, I know you worry. And he's talking to a group of people who have enough. He says, don't worry so much about what you will wear and what you will eat. All of that will come. Instead, he says, quit worrying about your treasure and think about what it means to have treasure in heaven. That's what you should be working for. You should be working for your treasure in heaven. Now, remember that Jesus is also the person who said when he came into the world that the kingdom of heaven has come near. To know what heaven is, you have to look at the person of Jesus Christ. And so to build up our treasure in heaven means that we put less trust in things and we start to put more trust in God. And we try to become the person God is calling us to be. We try to love and forgive. We try to serve and help. Those are the things that are building up this treasure in heaven. And what Jesus tells us is if you want true security, this is how you should live your life. Because the more you love, you experience more love. The more you help, the more joy you have. The more you forgive, the more grace you offer. Those are the things that last your whole life long. And there is nothing that can take that away from you. When we come to the end of our lives, it's not about the stuff that we have accumulated. And it's certainly not about the worry and the energy we've spent over and over in our lives. Instead, it's about the relationships we've formed and the love that we have shared, 
and the trust that we have in God to meet us where we are. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty hard-headed, and sometimes the only way I know to grow my trust in God is when the really big thing comes. You know, when I lost my grandparents, it was so very painful. I had no choice but to trust in God and that I could believe God's promises of being with them again. We can learn that way, but we can also be a people who start trying to trust in our everyday lives. So it doesn't have to be the big painful thing that teaches us. I can start by trusting that as my children go off to school, they are okay and learning what they need to learn and that God is with them. I can start by remembering that this church has the Spirit of God within it, and I may make a million mistakes, but God is still here, and this church will stand. That's trusting God with the things that come up every day and trusting God with the bigger things. You know, the worry is that we're going to trust God and things might not turn out just like we want. I can promise you they won't. You may not get exactly what you want, but I think in trusting God, in building that skill, in building up the things that give us treasure in heaven, like helping and loving and serving, I think we will find that we will be given more than we ever imagined and that we are given exactly what we need. I was thinking about that this week when I heard an interview with Lucy Goddard. She was married to a man named Paul Kalanathi, and he has written a book called When Breath Becomes Air. And Paul was a neurosurgeon who died of stage 4 metastatic lung cancer, and he wrote this gorgeous book about what it was like to have been a helper and a healer and to walk toward his own death. But the interview I heard was with his wife. And she talked about how he had been a person of faith. He was a Christian. He grew up in a Christian household. At one point, he told someone if he hadn't have been a neurosurgeon, he would have been a pastor, to which I thought he made the right choice because neurosurgeons can become pastors, but I don't know a pastor who can be a neurosurgeon. But Paul, there was a time when he had been treated. When he first got his x-rays back, Lucy and Paul were together and they looked at them and she said they didn't say a word, but they both knew that he was going to die and that the best they could hope for was a little time. And so about a year later, after he's gone through all of these treatments, Paul says, I want to have a child. And she says, honey, I don't think that's a good idea because... I don't think you should have a child because you're going to come to the time when it's time to die and you don't want to feel like you can't leave this place. And he said, really? Because I think that would be amazing. I think it would be amazing to have a child I love so much that I don't want to say goodbye. You see, Paul could make that decision because he trusted in God to be there for his family and for Katie, the daughter that they had. And I think Paul was also able to make that decision because he was a person who believed in treasure in heaven. His whole life as a physician had been marked by service to others and wanting to heal. He didn't say, we have to have enough money in the bank for this baby. He just wanted to bring more life 
into life before he left. We have decisions to make in every moment of our lives. We make decisions about what we value. We make decisions about what we give our time to. And we make decisions about what we think about. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is saying, be generous with your trust in me. Be generous with your trust. The same Lord God who created us, who redeemed us, and who sustains us is someone that we can trust with every part of our lives. And so the Lord God says, build up your trust. Put your treasure in heaven because that's how you follow me. It's what's important. And Brett and I were talking last week when we were recording the podcast, and Brett said, you know, I haven't done that many funerals, but I have never come to a funeral and talked about what someone had or about what they worried about. But I have come to funerals and talked about the love they left behind and the care they took with others. Last week I told you that we have a special witness to offer to the world when it comes to offering grace, I think we also have a special witness to offer to the world in terms of trust. I hope that the anxiety that comes with being a human being in this time and place, I hope that we are able to take just a small part of it and entrust that to God. And I hope the world around can see us trying to do that and see us as our lives are enriched by it. It's hard. I will tell you the things, I tr- the things that I entrust to God today, I inevitably start worrying about the next day, and I have to give them over again, over and over. But I am so grateful that we serve a God who is trustworthy and who loves us for who we are. Thanks be to God, and amen.